This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. And we are in a series of winning. And the title of it is Born to Win. And, uh, and sometimes I think when we face circumstances and adversities in our life, sometimes we we feel like, you know, God's not with us, and sometimes we feel like we're losing. But I like this, that if you're in Jesus, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a winner, even though it may look like you're losing. Because the Bible says in this life, we will experience trials, we will experience tribulations, we're all going to have good up up times and down times, but what makes us different than the world is that we have Jesus with us, and we have Jesus in us, and we have Jesus for us, so God, so Jesus can help us, amen, and so what I like in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, and this is our scripture we've been going with with a series, it says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? How many believers do I have in the house today? And I'm telling you, if you are a believer, then you have, you know, you have uh, the mighty conqueror living on the inside of you. And that mighty conqueror is Jesus. In other words, we don't do this Christian life by ourselves. You have the Holy Spirit empowering you to live this life. We just have to cooperate with God. Amen? And so we're in a series now, the part of the series, where I'm talking to you about prayer. And uh, we need to learn how to pray and to pray right. And, uh, you know, uh, prayer is powerful. And we have to make sure that we're lining our prayers up with the Word of God. And, and you know, I talked about it, and we're doing Matthew 6, 9, and 13, if you want to turn there. And this is the Lord's Prayer, and we're, it's good. We can pray this, you know, uh, you know, word for word like Jesus, but you can use it as a template as well. And, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read this, and you all should probably know this, but it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts and as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we're, we're looking at different parts of this prayer, how we can actually, because sometimes, I don't know about you, but, but sometimes our prayers only last like three seconds. You know, we, we spend three seconds in prayer and then we spend the rest of our, our, our day trying to work out our problems. And, you know, I think if we spend a little bit more time in prayer, amen, we're going to spend less time in our problems. Amen. And we found this out that Jesus would spend all night in prayer at times. Jesus would get up as it was his custom. He would pray. He would get up early in the morning. And he would pray, uh, you know, he did pray all night just to pick his disciples, right? And then we found out that Jesus would pray for long periods of time. But when he did things like set people free, it happened instantaneously. 
So we found out that, 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 that prayer produces the power of God in our lives. So if we're spending quality time with God, then we should spend less time with our problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I don't know about you, but I want to spend less time with my problems. More time praising and less time, you know, uh, just telling God how bad it is. Amen. And so, and so you can pray right and you can pray wrong. And, and, and so, you know, I'm just going to just hit on just the tip of it. Uh, in, in this manner, pray our father and we know that God is our heavenly father. So we want to um, uh, relate to God as our heavenly father. We're his children. Amen. Um, we're not worms in the dust. Amen. We're, we're, we're not beggars. We don't come to God begging God to do things for us. We're his children. When was the last time your kid begged you for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Daddy, can I have a peanut butter? Please, please, will you give me one? You know. No, they don't have to beg you for food, right? They can only, does any of you kids have carte blanche to the refrigerator? Can they open the refrigerator and get whatever they want out of it? Yeah, right? Or do you have a lock on it? Well, I have a lock on my refrigerator. <laughs> and, the reason why, uh, and the reason why Christian doesn't mind too much, and we, when we're not around, he's, he's doing a lot of, ha- you know, pandemonium in the refrigerator. Amen. So we got to lock it up. Amen. But he's special needs. But, but for the most case, God's not locking up the promises of God for us. I mean, God, God, it is kind of locked and you have to unlock it through prayer and through the word of God, not through complaining or talking about how big your problems are to God. A lot of times people think praying is just telling God how bad it is. But it's more than that. It, it really, what we need to do, it says here, our Father. So we got to think about this. God is our Heavenly Father. He's a good, good Father. And He delights in answering our prayers. Amen. And it says here that it's our Father. So we're in a fight together. You could say our as in we as a family of believers. We're running this race together. And also our means that you're not in it by yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. So you're never alone. Our Father, Amen, and uh, and so and and this is hallowed be Thy name. So what we do when we start off in prayer, we don't start with a problem. We start with praising. We we praise God. We start talking about how big God is. God, you're amazing. There's nothing too hard for you. You're you're El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. You're 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 Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth me. You're, you're, you're Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. So we want to magnify God in our prayers. Amen. Amen. And then we talked about, you know, thy kingdom come. And thy kingdom is, it, of God is, is he's, he's righteous and he's just. Glory to God. God is righteous and just, merciful and truthful. And so I talked about that we need to be praying out in this section that thank you, God, that 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 make it down here in my family. Uh, bring in your righteousness to our government. Bring in your justice to our land. Bring in your truth. Br- bring in your mercy. Amen. So we want to be praying that part of the prayer that 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 his kingdom of uh, of mercy will reign. His kingdom of justice will reign. In other words, sometimes there's injustice happening in in this country. And it may be perhaps in your life, but God can turn the injustice around. 
Do you believe that today? In other words, it's not over yet. And God is working things out. Do you believe that today? And so we got to get a revelation of that. Now, and then I talked about thy will be done. And, and we talked about the will of God. And we talked about that God's will is, is two parts, glory to God. One, his, the, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you last week that I want to impress God in my prayer life. In other words, I, I want to win God's favor when I pray. And when, if I'm going to win God's favor, I want to pray what's on God's heart. Amen. And so God's heart is about souls. So I know that he wants the harvest in. So he wants me praying for the harvest. Amen. And then we also know that that God's heart, uh, his will for each one of us is uh, for his will to be done in our lives for us to bear good fruit. And Jesus even talks about bearing 30, 60 and 100 fruit. And you know what I normally pray when I pray this? I say, Lord, I'm asking you to cause me to be a hundred fruit, good fruit bearer today. I want the hundred fruit, hundredfold fruit. I want to, I want to bear one hundredfold fruit. Can we be hundredfold fruit bearers? Well, I'm praying for it. And I'm praying that my wife's a hundredfold fruit bearer. I'm praying that my children are a hundred fruit, fruit bearer. I'm praying that you guys, that the church is bearing one hundredfold fruit. In your lives. And then we talked about how that fruit is you want. God wants us to be fruitful in our relationships. He wants our relationships to be good. He wants us to be fruitful in our health. He wants us to have healthy bodies. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have more than enough so that we can help other people. He wants to have full bank accounts. (laughs) Can I get an amen today? Amen. We serve a God of, of, we serve a prosperous God, not a poverty God. Amen. Amen. And so God wants us blessed. So today, I'm going to talk to you about this part of the prayer. And these are all little things that I do when I'm praying because it takes me, you know, about good 45 minutes to pray all this out every day. And you say, every day, every day. Why? Because I haven't seen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep praying until every seat is filled in this auditorium. And then, you know, I'm going to keep praying until we're doing two services a day and then three services. Get ready, get ready, get ready, John. Get ready. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? And I'm going to keep praying. Why? Ever increasing faith. As long as there's souls out here that don't know Jesus, we need to be praying. We need to be doing. Amen. Because we got to get the harvest in because Jesus isn't coming back until until every person God wants in the kingdom comes in. And then Jesus comes back and the harvest is being held back until the harvest comes in. Jesus is being held back until the harvest comes in. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for my glorified body. I'm ready, you know, you know to, to be caught up in heaven, glory to God. How many people are ready? Can somebody say Maranatha? Uh, everybody that's raised their hand that's ready, I know you guys are going through some problems right now. <laughs> hey, the people that aren't raising their hands, they're doing all right. You know, I'm good. I don't, I'm good. <laughs> but, but you know, we're going, Maranatha, Lord, rapture me now. Amen. And, uh, and because, you know, we just, we got, we got bills, 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 and we just want to get out of town. Amen? But God can help us. Do you believe that today? So, so give us this day our daily bread. So, you know, I, you know, I study this out, and sometimes I do a Google search, 
just to find out what other preachers will say about the prayer and their, their commentaries. I, and I've read where some preachers would say, well, that means that you, you're asking God for your daily needs. And I don't really buy that. I know, it's pretty quiet in this house. But you mean, Pastor, I shouldn't be asking God for my daily needs? Well, let me say this, that if you interpret this scripture um, and you go with God's word, he will meet your needs. I, to tell you the truth, I've been serving God for over you know, 20 years. I don't know how many years, since 1986. I don't even want to count the number. But I can't remember every praying asking God for something, like something tangible. I, I never really remember praying that. Now, it's not wrong doing that. And I know that there are people that have believed God. You know, you need to stand on God's word. Amen. But there's some things that you need to do uh, to, to walk in the blessings of God. And so, and so, yes, if you're in a place where you're in a need, I'm not saying don't pray for that need, but I'm saying that it should not be a daily thing that you're saying, God, please meet my need today. No, no, he, he meets your needs. Look at this in Psalms 34. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures that will help overthrow this idea that you need to be asking God for your needs every day. He says here in Psalms 34, 9 and 10, it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So this is telling me here that, that if we have a reverential fear of God, what does that mean, Pastor, to have a reverential fear of God? Well, that means that every morning, hopefully, you're getting on your knees and praying. Hopefully, now, I know you don't have to. That could be legalistic, and, and we understand, I understand that. But in a sense, we need to understand that God is our source. That, that our job is a channel, a blessing. Uh, the, the government check may be a channel, uh, you know, but, but God is our source. Your job is a channel. It brings money in, but God is your source. So you got to remember that. In Psalms 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so, so God will take care of us. Uh, you know, I, I, when, you know, you heard my story of when I went to Bible school and I went to buy all these pots and pans with my credit card and then I felt God was disappointed in me doing that. So I took them all back to Walmart and the person said, did you get in a fight with your wife? And I said, no, I'm, I'm not married, but God told me to take it back. You know, I didn't tell them that because they're going to think you're crazy. If God's speaking to you, you know. And I said, well, no, I just had this impression that it was that I did something wrong. And I knew God didn't want. And then God, you know, I didn't ask God to fill. I didn't ask God for anything. He just did it. That's amazing. Now, I'm not saying don't ask uh, because you, don't, you have not because you ask not. But what I'm saying, don't make that a daily prayer. God, I need this and I need that. You, what, you, you know, I need money. You know, you might need some wisdom. Oh, you might need some wisdom. You, you think you need money. The money, you, money comes and goes, but you better get some wisdom because wisdom will show you how to keep it, how to invest it, how to increase it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Money might not be your answer. It might be wisdom. If you're spending 150% a year, I mean a, a, week, a month, and you make a, you, you make out of, if you make 3000 a month and you're spending $3,500 a month, then there's a problem. 
But God, I'm tithing. Yeah, but you're spending $3,500 a month. You got you to b- b- budget. <laughs> you got to put some reins out there. You got to be a good manager, steward. You know, but God, I'm a tithe. Yeah, but you better be a good manager too. You know, I'm a good manager of, of, of buying Starbucks coffee. Now, now somebody said, that's crazy. You're spending $5 on a cup of coffee. That's good, good management. You can buy a bag of coffee and have it for 20 cents. Yeah, but I have my Starbucks card that gives me points. And I get free coffee with it. All right? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm, I'm being a good steward. And I, and I saw a guy. I, used my, I scanned my card, bought my coffee. This guy pulled out cash and paid his coffee. I said, man, I'm smarter than you. I'm, I'm getting points. I'm getting free coffee. You're paying cash. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Or, or, or a credit card that gives you money back on your purchases as long as you pay that credit card back. You know, at the end of the month, you don't keep a balance on it and pay 18% interest. You win. You get their bonus money free. That's a credit card that doesn't charge you a yearly. You hear what I'm saying today? You pay it off every month. Don't run a balance. And now, now you're working the system against them. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And you're winning. We're going to keep winning in life. Amen. You stay in this church, you're going to win in this life. In, in your relationships, in your health, in your finances. I, 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 people that's been in this church, they went to this level, to this level, and they can keep going up. Amen. Because you're finding out who you are in Jesus. You find out who you are. See, see, that's what the devil's trying to keep you from understanding, who you are. They, you know, a lot of times we think, well, we're, we're our problem or we're, we are our circumstances or we are our past. What happened to us in the past? That's who we are. No, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And this is the first day of the rest of your life. And nothing can hold you back. Your past can't hold you back. Why? Because God's greater than your past. God's greater than your weakness. Your weakness. Well, I got some weaknesses. Yeah, but God's greater than that. Where sin abounds, what? Grace abounds. So much less. No, no. God's grace is bigger than sin. God's grace is bigger than the law. In other words, God's mercy is greater than judgment. Can I get an amen today? Glory to God. I am thank God that God's merciful. Because if he wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't be up here today if, he, if it wasn't for the mercies of God. Amen. And some of us all could say that at one point or another. Amen. So, so Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So our needs should be automatic when we're walking with God, when we're reverencing God, when we're honoring God, when we're seeking God. Matthew 16, 31 and 33 Uh, uh, Jesus says this to his disciples and to us. Jesus is speaking here. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly fathers knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So what is what is the remedy to walking in the blessings of things, amen, of, of being supplied. What is the remedy? Seeking first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. That's the remedy. Well, how do I win in my finances? Well, if you want to win in your finances, get on board and start tithing and giving offerings. Because when you're doing that, what I explained last week, and I'll explain to you, when you give into the church and we're taking that money, we're giving it out to missions and we're giving it out to different organizations that's, that's, that's bringing the gospel into the lives of people, what we're doing is two things on God's heart. We're winning souls and we're discipling people. Those are the two things that's on God's heart. Winning souls and people becoming more like him. Being discipled. The Bible says make disciples of all nations. So that's what's on God's heart. Winning souls and becoming more like God. So when your money is going into programs that's helping people get saved and, and maturing people in the gospel, what you're doing is you're taking some of your money and you're building the kingdom of God and then God builds your kingdom. That's how it works. But some of us, you know, like, oh, I, got, I, got, I need it for myself. And you're eating your seed. And, you, and you, may, you may just be in the land just enough. But I want more than just enough. I don't want to just be in the land just enough. I want the land you know, overflowing with milk and honey. In other words, I want more than enough. Why? Well, you're greedy, Pastor. You're being greedy. No, I'm not. I, I just, I, is it okay to have the final, finer things in life? Is it okay? Or is it for the world and for, for all the devil and his crew? No, I think it's okay. I don't think God is against us having nice things, as long as those nice things don't have us. I had a Gucci watch one time. Beautiful. It, it was 18 karat gold micron plating. I used to sell jewelry. <laughs> and, uh, and beautiful watch. I won it in a contest. Every time I looked at that watch, I said, Victory. I won this watch, and I love, I mean, every time I looked at it, I just thought, victory. I got the victory, man. Praise God. I won this, and I, con- I didn't have to pay 800 for it. And it was a Gucci watch. Anybody ever heard of Gucci? And, uh, and then and all of a sudden, I'm sitting in there, and Gucci didn't have me, you know. God had me. When God said, uh, when I saw my pastor at that time wearing like a beat-up Timex, and then the Holy Spirit, certainly, certainly a pastor should have a nicer watch than that. I said, yeah, he sure, he sure should, as I look at my watch. And this kept going week after week. One week went by, the next week, surely, you know, my eyes would go to this beat-up watch. And then I said, Lord, you want me to give him my Gucci? It's my Gucci. It's, my, it's when I wear it around. I kind of bling-bling it around to people. Look at my Gucci. You know? And uh you know, it's, it, it was pride and joy, you know. It's, I won in the contest. And would you, would you give that to your pastor? No! And then I gave it, I gave it to him. I gave it to my pastor, but it wasn't with joy. <laughs> it wasn't like I really wanted to. Like, here, pastor, here's my watch. And I won in a contest. Hey, my most expensive watch I've ever worn in my life. But you can have it. Why? See, well, I gave it to him because Gucci didn't have me. God had me. And if God has me, then then he doesn't mind you having stuff because if he asks you for it, you you should certainly give it. And then I've been blessed so much over the years by people in the congregation and all that, I could have bought a Rolex for what I gave the Gucci away for. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? A Rolex. Have you ever heard of a Rolex? It's a little different than a Timex. 
A Rolex is like it's a Swiss made wash, made by hand. Some of some Rolexes are are eighteen karat gold with diamonds encrusted. I mean, these these watches are. I used to sell them twenty thousand dollars for a watch. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? But you know what? If somebody gave me a Rolex, I wouldn't turn it down. I might even wear it. Are you here? I'm not trying to hint around to some of you rich cats out here. Some of you money makers out here. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Jay? What am I saying? God's not against that as long as it doesn't have you. And remember what I said last week, you know, when Jesus said how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Remember I said last week, most Christians get stumped on that and said, see, you're not supposed to be rich. You're not supposed to have any money. You can go to hell if you do. No, only if money has you. No, you got to have God. And, when you, and then when you tithe, guess what? When you tithe, it cuts off a selfishness in your life. If you can't give the 10%, then that selfishness is still in your life. And you're still thinking, it's all mine. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. I'm going off script today, man. I'm going off script. But I'm going to continue. So he said, don't worry about these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. So, so what is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? What does that mean, pastor? You know, aren't we the righteousness of God in Christ? Don't we already got it all? In a sense, yes, we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, the Bible says. Yes, in a sense, but we still got to walk it out. So, 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 so when, when he talks about seeking the kingdom of God and righteousness, I see that as seeking God in his word and in prayer and praying for others, serving God, serving and giving and helping people and living a lifestyle congruent to being Christ-like. I know that was a mouthful. So, so, so serving others is no different than working a job. Or working a job is no different than serving others. Let me put it that way. So, so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you today that, that when we're serving God and we're serving others, we will never lack anything. I could drop the mic right now. When we're serving God and we're serving others, well, how do you serve? You serve others in your occupation. You, serve, you, you can serve at church when we have teachers, the ushers, the greeters, you know, uh, the, the worship team. You're serving. You're serving. What you're doing is you're letting your light shine. You're giving out. And when you give out, you will never lack. God will make sure you'll have yours. So, so we got we to gotta, we gotta serve. And, and, uh, and then in Thessalonians, so serving is also, you know, even working a job. Some people say, well... You know, I like one, one minister, I was listening to this one minister one time, he, 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 he thought by being a minister of the gospel, he thought that he should not have to work another job. And so he, 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 he misunderstood the scriptures. And the Bible does say that, that ministers that work and serve should get paid for it. That's what the Bible says. So I should get a paycheck from the church for doing what I do. Amen? But, but he... But he wasn't, he had a little church and a small church and it wasn't paying him enough and his family was going hungry. And so he, what he was, you know, his wife was pregnant and they were going, they weren't eating any food. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And, and somebody said, you rascal, you know, and, uh, but then he found out that maybe he could work a part-time job <laughs> it's, and, and, and the money started coming in and his needs started getting met. 
So sometimes you might have to, even if you're a minister, work a part-time job. Uh, yeah, sometimes you might have to work, you know, you know Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he didn't want to put a burden on the churches he, he set up, and he didn't want to make them think that he was setting up a church so he could sit back, you put grapes in his mouth, and you pay him money so he doesn't have to do any work. He was a tent maker. You know, I was kind of embarrassed, you know, we, 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 we uh, 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 deliver groceries for Amazon. And I said, again, don't tell anybody we're doing this. <laughs> or, I'm a bastard. I should be working, you know. And I was kind of embarrassed about it. But then I started thinking, wait a second, there's a lot of pastors that work part-time jobs to make ends meet. And I'm no better than anybody else. And if I'm out there working an extra job, then you guys would say, well, the pastor's not just sitting on his doors and I'm just paying him money. All my money's going to the pastor. That's what some people believe. Oh, if I give my money, it's all going to en- en- enrich the pastor. No, there's bills. The gospel's not free. The very air we breathe costs money. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Everything costs. This building costs. There's, there's, there's expenses. Amen. And so you're helping propagate the gospel. So I like what it says in 2 Thessalonians. It says, this is Paul. He says, for, for yourselves know how you, 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 12. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we command you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. What, pastor? Are you telling me that I should be doing, working is serving, Right? And he's saying, if, no, if you don't work, you shouldn't even eat. That's pretty strong, Pastor. Well, I'm not saying that. Paul's saying that. Amen. And then he says, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. Now, those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Amen. In Ephesians 4.28, it says, Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give uh, to him who has need. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that you're not working for your need, you're working for the seed. What I'm saying is that, that, that yes, you may be in occupation, you may not even like what you do, but the finances that comes in, it's designed, part of those finances is designed to bring more people into the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom of God so we can get Jesus back. And so we're not just really working for our, our, our needs, we're working for the seed to sow into other people's lives. And as we do that, it's like a life cycle and finances will start rolling round and around and around. And the more you give, the more you get. Because it's a law of sowing and reaping. Listen, I found out this. It, when I'm working and I'm making money like at Amazon, I, 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 can, I can eat at the restaurant once a week. <laughs> I don't, you know what I'm talking about? We just ate at Golden Corral. My Lord Jesus, I'm telling you, we took the family to Golden We're celebrating. We're going to eat the fruit of our labors. 
Hallelujah, Golden Corral. Some people say, I ain't going to Golden Corral. I like Golden Corral, amen? Amen. Oh, my God. Steak and all that good stuff. And then Christian, you know, he, he likes a little bit of everything. He just puts it all out there. Bacon and sausage and you can have eat chicken. He has it all over the place. Oh, yeah, you, you, don't know, you don't know Christian, but he, he has it spread out, man. Glory to God. We have to get a bunch of bibs. Amen. And so what am I talking about here? I'm talking, I noticed that as I live my life, see, I've never asked God for anything, but I've always worked. <laughs> I, I can't remember when I haven't worked a job. I can't remember when I haven't worked. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But I've never lacked. <laughs> well, I, there are, yes, I do. I was unemployed one time. I got fired, Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll tell you, I got fired. Is it all right? Has anybody got fired in the house? Any ever got fired from a job? It's terrible, man. We got to let you go. <laughs> um, we just got to let you go. We hired too many people and you're out. You know? Oh, man. And I was, uh, I was collecting unemployment. And back then, you didn't just go on the computer and got a nice, easy check in the mail or money directly uh, into your into your you know, into your bank account. I don't know how they do it now. I don't think you even have to go to that office. But before, you had to go and wait in line and go give it those, yeah, here, can I get some government cheese, please? And, you know, I, I'm not against it. Thank God for the, the welfare system. But I, I'm not going to live on the welfare system. I'm not going to make it my life. I, 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 I'm not going to eat government cheese all my life. Are you hearing? Somebody said, I was talking to somebody, and he said, I had that government cheese. It's good government cheese. You know? <laughs> That's some good government cheese, man. <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday about that. You get that government, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you know, dog food will become good after a while. You know what I'm talking about? Cat food. I mean, pretty soon your palate will get used to it. Amen. And that's terrible, but some people go that route. Amen? Some, I think all that stuff is probably more expensive than tuna, but we'll continue. <laughs> oh, my God. I love my job. <laughs> I'm having way too much fun up here. <laughs> and I, I just think I get paid to do this. You know, my God. Not today, Pastor. I ain't get him in here. Not, not how you're carrying on today, man. Okay. <laughs> okay, now we got the second part. Can I go with the second part, amen? So the second part here is that um, give us this day our daily bread. Think about this. Really, what I really think what Jesus was meaning by this, he was meaning by by giving us this day our daily bread. He was meaning it by in a spiritual context. In other words, Jesus said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what's more important, getting physical food or getting spiritual food? Spiritual food, right? And so what that's more important than because if you get spiritual under if you get a spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, amen, then then you can override the natural things that's coming against you. God can show you, he can reveal treasures in secret places, the Bible says. He can show you things that you know not of. 
He could open your eyes to a new paradigm and can definitely change your life. Amen. Glory to God. And so, and so, so we need, we, you know what, we, what we're really hungry for? We need a God encounter. We need a God encounter in our prayer time. So where, listen, if I'm doing something wrong, I want God to reveal it to me. If my life isn't working, if for some reason I'm in deficit, if some reason I'm always seem like there's more month than money, then I'm, I need to do something different. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. I need to get a revelation of God. Amen. And God will maybe say something to you, Mel. Well, you know, you could keep your job if your attitude was a little better. What, God? <laughs> or if you just showed up on time instead of late every, every day, you, you, you know, you might keep your job. And if you weren't at the water cooler for 30 minutes a day and hiding in the bathroom. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, I'm not saying that we do those things. But because whatever we do, whatever we do, even if we don't like what we do, the Bible says we should always do it as unto the Lord. So we, what we do, even if we don't like it, we do it in a way where we're serving God. And if that's our attitude, if our boss is Jesus, oh, you don't know my boss, Pastor. He ain't Jesus. He's, he's Satan. He's Lucifer himself. You know, maybe so, but you still need to. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? You still need to serve the person with some kind of honor and respect because he's in a position of authority. I, I've, I, listen, I've done it. I got mad at my boss one time. I got really, I, I have a temper. I'm still working on it over the years. And the, and the boss was really just a real jerk. And he said, uh, I said, I, said I, I need to take my break. And and I get an hour break, and he said, he said something like, uh, you got 30 minutes. And he just ticked me off. I get an hour. And I, I, I was on the phone. I threw it at him. <laughs> I was so mad. I was a Christian at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't a pastor or anything like that. I was, I was one of you guys. I could get away with a lot of stuff. Amen. I was just a congregational member that could screw up every day, you know. And I, and I threw that phone at that guy. And I said, I said, listen, man, because he, he was, it wasn't just that. He, he had an attitude, a chip on his shoulder towards me. I said, man, if you don't want me in this organization, let me know. Because if I'm not doing what, and I was a good salesman. I, I sold jewelry. I said, I said, if you don't want me, I'm out, man. And, and it backed him up. Finally, he said, he never messed with me again. He was a bully manager. He, 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 he walked on rice paper around me. I, I ain't messing with that guy. He has a little crazy in him. You know what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes you do, but that wasn't the way to do it. I should have set him aside and just been real honest and try to be sweet as I can. But sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it, Anybody know what I'm talking Anybody been there? But I didn't lose my job, thank God. And I, I ended up winning this guy over. He, you know, winning him over. Amen. He, it was his birthday one time, and I knew it was his birthday. I said, "Let's have a surprise birthday party for him." And um, but I, my whole because I have a little bit of mischief in me, I, I wanted to scare the bejesus out of him, right? And so we were all hiding. When he came in, it was all quiet. We said, we jumped up and said, "Happy birthday!" And he jumped. You know, his head almost hit the ceiling. I was so excited. Now you get you got to learn a little bit about Pastor Dave. God, God's working on me. 
God is working on that. Is God working on any of you? Does any of you have some weaknesses? No, not any of you, my Lord Jesus. You guys are white as the driven snow. Amen. Glory to God. So, so I'm going to say this, that the most important thing we can get in prayer is not just our needs being met, but getting a spiritual revelation from God. And I'm, just going, to, I'm going to go through this very quick today, and, uh, and I'm closing down. Hallelujah. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to focus on Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. And Ephesians 1 This is Paul, and he's praying a spiritual prayer that if you would start praying this prayer, I believe God will take you places you could never go on your own. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And this is a prayer right here. It's in Ephesians 1, 15 and 19. It says, therefore, I also, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know the hope of His calling, the riches and glory of His inheritance and saints, and know the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power that works within us. Now, what I do is... And I got this from Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin started praying these type of prayers. And God revealed to Brother Hagin there was going to be a great revival coming. And God revealed to Brother Hagin, he started giving him revelation in the word of God to where his, his messages became so amazing. He, he thought, what did I preach the last couple years? And why? Because God wants to give us wisdom and revelation knowledge of his word. And if you start praying these prayers, you will start growing spiritually. And so what I will do is I will pray these prayers over me, my wife, my children, and you guys. I will say, Heavenly Father, I ask that you continue to give unto And I will say, continue. That you would continue to give unto me, my wife, my children, the members and visitors of Seelike Church, to know the hope of your calling, the riches and glory of your inheritance in the saints, and to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. Father, I ask that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith, that you root and ground us in love, that we'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is a height, death, breadth, length, and no love of you surpasses all knowledge, that you'd fill us with the fullness of yourself. I pray that Christ be formed in us and will bear good fruit for you and that our fruit will remain. I pray that you sanctify us entirely and our spirit, souls, and bodies will be preserved blameless at the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what if you started praying a prayer like that every day? And what if you started praying that, that you would continue to to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would continue of knowledge of you and that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know the hope of your calling. Amen. That, that, and the riches and glory of your inherent saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us. In other words, when, when we get a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, there's nothing we can't do in this realm. And when we start getting that kind of understanding, I'm telling you, devils are going to be moving out of your way. Obstacles are going to be moving out of your way. You're going to be walking in the grace and the blessing of God in your life. So I want to encourage you that we have these prayers. When you walk out, we have the Ephesian prayers. Grab one of the Ephesian prayers. Start praying uh, these pre- Ephesian prayers for yourself and for your family members. Brother Hagen would pray for his family members that were, wasn't getting it spiritually. 
You know, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a Christian that just goes around the mountain, the same mountain every year, every year, every year, and never change. I don't want to be one of those Christians. I don't want to be that Christian that just keeps looping around in that same issue, the same issues, the same issues. No, you got to break out of that. You got to break out of uh, of mediocrity of life. You got to break out of these things. I'm telling you, some of you got to be the first millionaire in your family. Well, I got a couple amens. But pastor, if I become a millionaire, does that mean I have to tithe? You better be tithing before you get it. You're not going to become a millionaire. That's a hundred thousand. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but what you're doing is you're getting into the kingdom. You think God's opposed you becoming a multimillionaire? No. Remember, you remember Jesus? Uh, his, 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 one of his closest friends was wealthy, Lazarus. And remember, he was wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. He would stay at Lazarus' house. Amen? And remember that, that he raised Lazarus from the dead. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, uh, Zacchaeus, that was up in the tree, that was looking down at Jesus. He was wealthy. And then Jesus came and dined with him. Why? Because he could. Because the guy had a house and he had money, he had food. He said, I'm going to dine with you, Zacchaeus. You got it going on. Gee, we're going we're gonna to be eating good tonight. Fried chicken. Glory to God. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have some lamb chops. Glory to God. Because you, you're a wealthy tax collector. Right? And then remember when, when Jesus encountered Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, you know, the, the, the revelation of God's love and his glory hits Zacchaeus to where Zacchaeus said, if I have wronged anybody, I'll give them up to, I think, twice or three times or four times, I think, four times more than what, I've, what, what I cheated them out. And, and, and the first thing when salvation hit his life, he wanted to give away money. Why? Because money is just a resource. That's all it is. All it is is something for us to use to be a, be a blessing for the kingdom of God. So money doesn't make who you are. What you do with it makes who you are. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? What you do with it, it's, it doesn't make... Just because you're a multimillionaire, if you're not serving God, loving God, doing something good with that money, you're still a failure in the kingdom of God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Money doesn't make you successful. Only God makes you successful. And then when God makes you, when God promotes, promotion doesn't come from the east, west, it comes from the north. And when God promotes, he will add wealth to you and add no sorrow, no toil with it. Why? Because God knows your heart and your heart is for him. Your heart is not for things. But when your heart's for him, the blessings will come your way. Revelation will come your way. I'm telling you, you will come out of mediocrity. You will come out of, uh, you know, poverty and you'll come into prosperity. You will come into an inheritance that you haven't seen before and I'm telling you you will be a, you will be the poster person instead of the poster boy because we got ladies there the poster person for God and God will say see this person is honorable this person honors me with his time in prayer this person honors me with his finances and I'm going to honor him 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And God's looking for people to honor. He's looking to, for people to raise up. He's looking for people to put on a platform. Why? Because so when you, when you give, you're not giving the glory to, to how smart you are. You're, when you get to that platform and God gets you all these, I think all you can say is God. But God came in my life. God's grace came in my life. I was nothing without God. And God came in and he changed my life and he changed me around. And now... God made a nobody and he made me into a somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God specializes in making nobodies somebodies. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And he's making somebodies in this church. I guarantee it. You keep honoring God. You keep putting God first place. And I'm telling you, you're going to, man, you're going to have houses you did not build. You're going to have lands. You're going to have a financial legacy of Jesus tarries. You're going to have a legacy for your children's children. An inheritance for your children's children. Do you believe that today? God wants you to have a legacy to leave behind. Do you believe it? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Oh, that there's people in here that there's areas in their life that they need more of you. They need revelation. And there's those watching online that need more revelation of you. And the number one revelation that they need is Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Jesus has to be first. And so I'm, I'm going to encourage you, if you're here in the audience or perhaps you're watching online and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're, you're more of a spectator, but you need to be a participator. And I'm telling you, when you do that and you start walking with God, God will take you places you couldn't go on your own. Say this and mean in your heart, if you're ready to receive Jesus. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.